everyone, and welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the show where we take a K-drama, we watch it two episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yeah, this week we watched episodes three and four of Worst of Evil. I have been seeing so much stuff online about how this show is a 10 out of 10, and there's a little part of me that that's the only reason I keep coming back. Is that terrible? No, I. so I really struggled turning it on this week, and I think in part it's because what I mentioned at the end of our last podcast episode, that last week when we started it, I was having technical difficulties with the subtitles, and it made it really hard for me to engage with the show. And so then starting it this week, I I felt like almost I was starting fresh. Luckily, the subtitles were fixed. I used, like, I didn't have to, like, pull it up on a computer or anything. I was able to watch it on my TV. I'm guessing the app just updated or something. But uh, I... So I did get more into it this week, but at the same time, there are parts of this show that my aging brain that has become more adverse to, like, really gory, like, things is having a hard time handling. The torturing of the 20-year-old drug mule kid? Oh, that stressed me out. That stressed me out, like... I think you have a good excuse for not wanting to press play. Mine was that I genuinely didn't super enjoy the show last week. Like, it had so many good aspects, which I think we went on and on about in the podcast. But overall, it's just not a show that I probably would have stuck with because of how much violence and gore and... Just humans being the worst of evil to each other, right? Yeah, it's it's humans being awful to each other. And then the parts that I would normally kind of be into engaging with, like the romance, is is completely... It's I would prefer not- to watch the torture <laughs> scenes than the love triangle scenes. Because it is awful to watch Gichol pursue... Uh, Junmo's wife? Yeah, Junmo's wife. Jung? Yeah. I am <laughs> really struggling with that. Because obviously, Ji Chang-wook is a dream to behold. As an actor, he is just incredible in selling how painful this this character's life is. Like, I cannot explain how much I love watching him and how much I hate everything about his situation at the same time. Like, yeah. He's doing such a good job, but that's the only thing that is keeping me from just stopping the show, pulling the plug on the whole thing. Because, yes, this love triangle is becoming unlivable. Yeah. I am... I will continue to be charmed by every, like, minute facial expression that Weeha Jun gives us, but also... I can't even say that that's what's keeping me in it at this point, because that's also part of the problem, right? That I'm like, I love him, and it is killing me to even watch him remotely pursue the girl. Like, it is... Yes. Horrendous. It's... I know this is maybe pretentious, but there's also a big part of me, besides the love triangle heinousness, there's a big part of me that's like, you don't deserve her! She is so good! And you are kind of a trash man. Like, in every possible way, you have just led your life, at least, like, 
since your tragedy, like since your most traumatic lowest moment that happened in high school where his father was murdered. Like, that's a big deal. I cannot imagine that not changing the trajectory of his life in the way that it has. But also, he's pretty well just been propelled by greed for the last 10 or so years. He's just been like, I just want money and power and things. Yeah. Mm, Jung deserves better than that. Yeah. So, no. <laughs> yeah, stay away from her. And yeah, it's it's so tough, too, because I also feel like, I don't know, it's it sucks to watch even the flashbacks where he's like a more innocent version of himself, because they're playing it very much like she was just kind of going along with it, right? Is that, or am I just reading into it because I hate love triangles so much? But she, that teenage oh, no, girl yeah. seems stuck in a pickle. And even, I didn't read it as that. I read it definitely just as her being like, he's got a crush on me and I don't have a crush on him. And it doesn't make me uncomfortable. It's just like, someday I'll have to break the news to him. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, god, every, there's so many scenes that I want to talk about with him and his pursuit of her in adulthood. And also, I hated that, I hated and loved so much about it that it's tough to bring up where I'm like, ugh, because there's the part where he shows up to talk to the mom in the hospital. Gross. Gross. Don't do that. You're Awful. not allowed. You're crossing so many lines. Awful. Um, And then there's the part where obviously the funeral, which and that's the part that I most loved and most hated about um... <laughs> about these two episodes because it was heart-wrenching. It was tragic. So sad to watch Junmo play out that entire situation from the role that he was pretty much forced to take. Oh my god. And just achingly painful. And so I hated it, but I loved it because it was so well played. It was so well played. I I was not emotional, but I felt the emotions of the the whole scene. It was so good, and it was so painful. I was not emotional until he paid his respects in the middle of the hallway. That was the best I part. I bawled like a baby. Yeah, it was so sad. It was so sad. It was so... It broke me in a different way to see this man break down like that. Like... I think it was also so spectacular because so much of that was about his love for his wife and her having to go through this alone. But that moment where he gives the bows in the hallway was purely for his mother-in-law and that the love between those two and like, oh, crushed me, obliterated me. I sobbed. I sobbed. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was crushing. It was so sad and it was so well played the, and the pacing of all of the scenes of, shoot, what's his name? Is it Do Hyun? I think so. Showing up and having to play the role of Junma and just that complicated, awful mess that has been created by it. I will say that it is a little bit, it's almost immersion breaking how shoddy the police work feels sometimes. And I know that- <laughs> I know that we talked about it last week, that this is kind of 
maybe like a first for them. Maybe it's a first for their department or going undercover just isn't a really established thing or program, maybe, or but or or they're going off the books or whatever the case may be. But it's really, really, really fucking tough because there's so many moments where it's like skin of their teeth stuff where it's like if if you're doing undercover correctly the minute you find out that this dude knows the undercover cop's wife and like their ties and every like you know what she's up to i think that's when you call it that's when you call the mish you pull out and it feels like shoddy police work not to because that could compromise everything it's not just like oh we can't pull out because we're in too deep it's we have to pull out because we will have no chance ever again if we fuck this one up and it's just too precarious like there's a much higher chance that this doesn't go well significantly there's like a 90% chance that this is gonna fail because this dude is this dude knows the undercover cop's family personally and he's interested in getting more involved with them Yes. Like, he's increasingly interested in getting close to this woman whom every single person around her knows who her husband is. Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> Pull out. Pull out. I, they had, like, winked. They had winked at the fact that her family was there by having the nephew run up and be like, uncle, yeah. uncle. But they did not confront the fact that any of her brothers could have seen him any of her and what do they do then because the kid was almost easier to like course correct with yeah Yeah. but if it was like a brother who walked up to junmo and just blew his whole fucking cover by being a snarky piece of shit yeah and i assume that was suno's really subtle really poor um, hiding where he's like, I can't go in the funeral hall because that's where everyone will be gathered. Yeah, but he's already in the building. He is in. He's where people are walking around. Yeah, like people who know the family are coming through here. So even if it's not the immediate family that's posted up in the room, you know, having respects paid to them, it's like. There's so much potential for just, like, someone's fucking co-worker to come through and be like, hey, what's up, Junmo? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody. Anybody could have done that. I... <laughs> yeah. This police work is wild. Yeah. It just feels... It feels, like I said... Uh, a bit immersion breaking mm. when like the flashlight that has the police station sticker no. on the inside is left. That's I know that they've gotta find some way to drive the plot along, right? Where they have to make it precarious. Like, is he gonna get discovered? But when they do stuff like that, it doesn't feel like is he gonna get discovered? It feels like for me it just feels like no way. That that's so irresponsible. That's so irresponsible that I'm just mad now. <laughs> That's fair. That felt like a moment of similar to what Gichol's men were saying, where they were like, this is where we draw the line with literally anybody else. 
this is where we just take them to the forest and kill them. Because there have been two or three times now where something by coincidence has happened with the new guy and some cops. And two or three times is way too many times. So I think it's time we just off him and call it quits. And it's like, yeah, like you said, it's almost immersion breaking how wild it is that he's still alive. Yeah, it just doesn't feel, yeah, it doesn't feel real to me a little bit. (laughs) How is he still here, let alone he's still doing a good job? I, it's because Gichel is just dumb at this point. He's just dumb in love, and it's, it's a stretch. He is the biggest dummy about love. (laughs) He's obsessed with this woman. She is all he can think about. Yeah. Like, cannot see past her. Has built an empire and is pretty much crumbling it to the ground because he just wants to go look at her face. What? (laughs) But I don't know. I think we talked about last week where, I mean, even this episode, I was like, he seems to just be propelled by greed. That seems to be his only motivating factor is that he just wants power and money. And I don't know if that's it. I like, they have not built out Gichol to be super three-dimensional. I don't know if that's unfair to say. He's a great character, but I don't really know what motivates him. So is it surprising that he's willing to just kind of start slipping up over a woman? Or is it pretty pretty in line with him? I don't know. I don't know this guy at all. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's one of those things where... I guess if we're looking at the moments of, like, he does form attachments. He got pretty messed up when Teho was killed. And so, I don't know. I I guess there is, like, some part of me that feels like they have on some level set him up as a character that's, like, really into, or he, it's not that he's driven by loyalty, but his whole gang is comprised of like the people he grew up with and so we could posit that yes there's an a a really big aspect of greed but it's like it's not like he's killing anyone for going against him and like his word right because he's not killing like any of his childhood friends that um say like hey you're slipping up for what like what what is this Sung Ho guy even to you, right? Like, what if we just kill him or whatever? He's not like, shut your mouth, I call the shots here. It does actually genuinely seem like he is running it with people and not by himself. He just is kind of the charismatic figurehead of his little, his weird little association. So I guess there is like, a part of me that feels like they have established him as a character who's capable of, like, making and maintaining connections. It's just that they also... I think what they're setting up with his obsession with her is um, maybe... I don't know. It's, like, that same level of, like, making connections, but also, like, greed to have, like, everything he's ever wanted, I guess, including her, up to and including her. So it's not just greed for money, but, like, greed for power and control and, I don't know, never being told no. Never having things taken away from him. Mm, 
That's a good way of describing it. Because I guess, yeah, for all of I don't know what motivates him, he does have a lot of loyalty for the people around him and seems to give back a lot of what he gets. He seems to spread the wealth and spread the power and that I think they've said a lot of times that that's very rare and that's why the Gangnam Union is so strong. But yeah, oh, maybe just the love triangle is irking me. Yeah, I fucking hate a love triangle. (laughs) I hate it. And this one's a really, really tough love triangle because it's not... Like, the playing field is so weird and unusual where it's like, the guy who's allowed to openly pursue her doesn't stand a chance because she isn't interested in him and she's married to this other guy who's in an awful situation who's really fucked up by making her pretty much the loneliest person in the world. I I cannot get past the fact that the first scene is two years in the future, Raquel. Yeah. Two years he left her? Yeah. I would never forgive him. Like, I would still be married to him, for sure. But, like, (laughs) how do you get past that? How do you get past being like, you dumb bitch, you didn't even talk to me before you decided to go undercover, and you thought this would just be like a weekend jaunt? It's been years, and I've been alone through everything. Yeah. Years of our life. That you just decided on a whim? You didn't even tell me you were going to sign up for it? Insane. Yeah. You're insane. Yeah. They He let a couple of people back him into a corner by holding a promotion over his head and letting him know he, it's the only way he would ever amount to anything. And then he didn't tell her about any of it. And I would <laughs> bet money she doesn't give a shit. Yes! She would be like, you know what? I would prefer to have my husband alive and not with a bullet hole through his head after working with some gangsters and double-crossing them. Okay. I think I would prefer that. Thank you. Oh my god. You don't know. Ah, she is a saint. Because also, two weeks in, and she's pulled in. She's pulled into the front lines. She's like, okay, I'll be there. I'll do it. I'll jump in. Yep, never wanted this, but I guess put me in coach. The actual audacity of Do Hyung to be like, we didn't call in your wife. We called in Inspector Yu, one of the most talented females. Like, bullshit, you called in his wife because you knew that Gichol was in love with her and you didn't care who it was. You just wanted a lady who could pretend to seduce this man. Like, oh... You son of a bee! Yeah. I, the thing about Do Hyun is that I think he's probably the bad guy. <laughs> Him and that one, the, his boss or whatever. I don't even care who that guy is, but he is also the bad guy. Maybe yeah. they're the worst of evil because <laughs> at this point, it's like, it sucks because the actor who played Do Hyun played Cheeto that which we discussed last time. And so he is so endeared to me from that uh-huh. one role. Like, he's so endeared to me. But I'm so consistently furious with him. I'm so mad all the time. All the time. Everything he does in this show. I'm like, you are... I thought you were friends. But you're such a manipulator. Yeah. I... Oh, I hate it. <laughs> I hate it so much. 
<sighs> but I'm really proud of her. Like, for all that I hate that she got put in this situation, I do really respect Wee Jung for choosing to go in. Like, I don't know. I don't know why I can't forgive Junmo for going in. I think his decision to start this whole thing was stupid. But I'm so proud of her for being like, I am capable and I am confident that I can go in and help improve the situation. So put me in. Yeah, I think that it's different for sure, because by this point, she, obviously she didn't talk to him before entering, but she couldn't because he had already yeah. gone undercover. Like, yeah. <laughs> that couldn't be discussed. Um, and also, I don't know, there's just kind of a different level of her going in pretty much to help him versus him going in so that he could get the big promotion, so that he could finally move up in work, which one could, I mean, he can argue till he's blue in the face is to, you know, improve his standing, improve his standing with her family, improve, you know, his ability to <laughs> live in the world because he's being crushed under the prejudice of, a weird society that looks up who your parents are before they give you a promotion. Anyway, I, like, I get that there's, like, reasons that could, he could justify would benefit her if he gets this promotion. But at the end of the day, it's like, he's in it for his promotion. She's in it because she's hoping that she can get this shit over with before he gets killed. That's fair. So I love her. And I'm really mad at him. I'm yeah. really mad at the two guys. I just don't like either of them at this point. Yeah, they're beautiful idiots. <laughs> oh, that's such a good descriptor. Because <laughs> I love looking at them, I do. The fight scenes are always good. I'm, I am excited about how we're going to get out of this, this pickle at the end of episode four. Oh, yeah. That's intense. I guess finally backed into a corner... Junmo must become a cold-blooded murderer. He <laughs> wild. Oh, sorry. This is like kind of a heel turn, but I think more exciting somehow than the like cliffhanger at the end of episode four. Um, or I guess there's more to talk about it for me. Um, the new alliance between Knifeman, uh, whose name I have not learned. Uh huh. And Junmo, where they're kind of like the outsiders looking in. What is that? I'm so untrusting of it because I want it so badly. I want it so badly. I, oh, because you can tell Knife Guy just doesn't have friends. Like, mm -hmm. he's here for loyalty. He's not here for friendship. And Junmo's like, but maybe, maybe you could be here for both. Why not? I don't know. What if we were Ooh. loyal friends to each other? Oh my gosh, what if you were? I'd support it. I'd fully support it. He he really pulled through for Junmo when he uh, did the murder on his behalf and then was just kind of like, he's got to get used to it. He probably hasn't yes. shot someone in the face before, so. Yeah, because that was the big deal part, right? Where the shooting him was... Pretty par for the course for this cold-blooded murderer. But you think he's going to turn around and be like, this punk is out. We cannot have a weak link. But he's totally the opposite. He's like, he's new here. He can't shoot someone yet. Like, what an what an empathetic knife <laughs> murderer. <man. laughs> murder hobo. <laughs> what, a, what 
a nice guy <laughs> in his own way. Oh, and then they have the little scene on the rooftop where he's like, hey, maybe I don't trust that other guy, which Junmo was completely on the same page. He was like, I don't know what vibes we're getting right now. I'm not going to tell you what the boss is doing. That does not seem like my job. Um, so no. Knife Man was like, absolutely not. You have made the right call, my boy. Come here, let's hug. Mm, I love it. I love it. I'm here for it. Uh, the only downside is that it's not a real friendship. It's an undercover cop yeah. kicking down the whole or- But I want it to be a real friendship. That, and and see, I that's also- where my brain starts to break. <laughs> I also don't even know where Knifeman is at because he is such a closed book. I genuinely don't know if he's like, I'm also playing spy. I can use this relationship against you eventually. Like, I don't know where he's at. If he's just like, I want to read the new guy. I don't trust him as far as I can throw him. So I'm going to keep him close so that I can keep an eye on him. Or if he actually just wants a friend. Like, I don't know. I just want friendship. I just want friendship. I just want everyone to be bros. And what if this show was about the the turnaround of Kichol and how he always wanted out of the biz and he gets everybody out. He gets everybody out, and they even knife guy who's committed countless murders. So many. (laughs) His name is literally knife guy. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't need another name because he is knife guy. (laughs) Oh, he's such a dangerous man. He should not be let out of prison ever again. But But we we love love him. him. (laughs) (laughs) He is the bright light in our dark, dark show. And why? (laughs) Who decided that? Only us. Only us. For what reason? Are we the broken ones? Oh, yeah. That cliffhanger for episode four was very good. It... It feels like it's building up to very good fight choreography between two people trapped in a car and then 90 people with baseball bats. Yeah, and knives. And knives. That was, I think I mentioned this last week as well, that was another fight scene that came a lot more quickly than I thought. It was another gang war that came a lot more quickly than I thought because we saw the build-up to it. We saw the old guy. I feel bad calling people the old guy. The two old guys in Japan meeting up and one of them being like, I don't like Gichol. I think we should take him out. And the other one being like, I think he's fine. Um, He seems like a cool dude. So let's not take him out. And then the one who wanted to take him out immediately dies. I don't really get why his right-hand man was just let go and then immediately got to just like band another gang together and start a war yeah just start a coup it's crazy how many different people are constantly ready with a small army to just like start wars um start gang wars because you'd think that i don't know that you it wouldn't be as easy as just you know running away and then immediately finding another person who's like "Mm, i do like I do I do enjoy a good gang war and I am ready yeah. to I am manned armed and ready to enact that. I get the manned armed and ready. That seems like they have to be 
at any moment to be able to protect their turf and to go expand their turf. I don't know, I took that for granted, the tiny standing armies system. I think what always surprises me is how quickly they'll turn on each other. Yeah. Like, does it really seem as easy as just killing each hole to be like, and then we will own Gangnam? Like, I don't think so. I don't think you will. I don't know. I think they've tried to show me scenes of people doing the groundwork, putting effort in to, like, dig the trenches of war and be like, we're going to turn the foot soldiers first. We're going to get Gichol's, like, drug runners, drug pushers on our side very first. We'll work from the bottom. Then we'll off Gichol at the top. And then we'll cover the middlemen. But honestly, I'm just not keeping up. I'm Mm -hmm. just not built for drug wars. Yeah, it's not the kind of political intrigue that really holds my attention super, super well, if I'm being honest. I'm just kind of, it's kind of like you said, where it, if we weren't doing it for the podcast, and if it weren't for Ji Chung Wook and Wee Ha Joon... I'd probably be out by now. <laughs> I'd probably be like, well, that was a that was a good four episodes, but not for me. Really dark. Not for me. Because <laughs> I don't remember anything happening except endless bloodshed. Yeah. It's crazy because I don't know if it's like... I, I know I made the joke that it's just hard on my aging brain, but it does genuinely... I have noticed as I have gotten older... I have become more bothered, I guess, by stuff like gore. I I used to watch Game of Thrones, and I was fine with it. That was fine by me. Um, There were, like, two scenes ever in Game of Thrones that I had to look away because they were just a little bit too tough. But... As I've, I'm, I'm 30 years old now, and I have reached this really weird point. Maybe it's like my mortality as, <laughs> as I feel increasing mortality as I age. My brain sees someone getting slammed with a metal bat repeatedly, and my brain goes, "We can't really watch this." We can't really look at this because it is viscerally, it feels very bad to to look at this happening. Yeah, I did not watch that scene. I also tapped out. I was like, we'll get to the story in just a minute, I think. This part's not for me. <laughs> they didn't make this one for me. Um, I It very much reminded me of when we were watching Hellbound and like 30 second skip if you don't want Hellbound spoilers. It's not major major but it is um it is spoilery-ish so 30 seconds skip right now in hellbound there is a part where a little old lady a sick little old lady gets beaten to death by like cultists and i remember that was so upsetting for me and this obviously wasn't quite that bad it was a drug war but also it it had that same vibe of like my I literally like not in control of my eyeballs have to look away from this because my brain doesn't want to see it. I always have to plug my ears as well, which is makes it hard to know when to tap back in. <laughs> Good on the sound designers for doing such a great job, but I hate it. Can yeah. you do like a slightly worse job cuz yeah. I I just take for granted that you know better than I know what a baseball bat against human flesh sounds like, and I don't like it. 
I don't like it at all. It's bad. It's bad. So this show is long. <laughs> it's hard. hard to click back every week. I think it'll get better. But yeah, like everybody's so obsessed with it. I'm like, where is where's the good part? Where's the good when part? When does it come? Because all I'm seeing is shoddy police work, the most repulsive love triangle, and then just a bunch of blood and gore and drug wars. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I get it. We've got a pretty hefty cherry on top, which is Ji Chang-wook and Wee Ha-jun. Like, I get it. Yeah. They keep you in. They're all that's keeping me in, though. They are my lifeline, and I don't need to put that pressure on them. Yep. Holding on by a thread named Wee Ha-jun and Ji Chang-wook. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ji Chang-wook's tiny little camera. That was... That did amuse me. But I don't think it was supposed to be funny. It's just, like, <laughs> one of those things that amuses me. Yeah, it's just the 90s stuff. It's just the 90s stuff. That, that's, <laughs> like, fun every so often. <sighs> but mostly everything sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good show, but it sucks, you guys. Yeah. I, yeah. This is, this is just our preference, I also want to say. This is not a slight on the quality of the show. If this is someone's thing, I really don't want people to think like we're coming for the show in any way. No. That yeah, is not. We, we do not hold that flag. We do not hold that prestige that we can call a show good or bad. Yeah, no, it's. And if we can at all, I would even hazard to say so far it's very good if it is up your alley. It's just hard because I like horror. And I like thrillers, and I like suspense, and I like action, but I do not like slasher. And when any of those genres veer it toward like the gore that you would see in slasher, I start to um, I start to really struggle with it. Yeah, yeah, I'm in the same boat. I can do fantasy, which is to say, I don't know why I even categorize like crime dramas especially like serial killer dramas almost in the fantasy genre because in my mind i guess i just can't cope with the fact that serial killers really exist so i'm like <laughs> they don't so i can watch them on tv all day long but there's something about the endless violence of gangs or unrelated i don't like high schoolers beating each other up that, oh yeah there's I just that. soft spots that i have that yeah yeah it's like I weird niche. Past. Yeah. yeah. And me and Raquel have the same weird niche soft spots. <laughs> we really do. Like everything you just named where I'm like, yeah, I can't really do like, like drug wars just bum me out because it, it's almost like that, like too real kind of mm -hmm. thing. And, um, and yeah, like teenagers hurting each other where I'm like, God, they're children. They're children. They're children. I do not want to watch children be hurt. Um, even by other children, or especially by other children. I don't know which. Both. Yeah, both. And, yeah, the stuff you said, like, slasher horror, yeah. or, or torture horror. Yeah. Like, mm, hard pass. Thank you. I want, I want the thrills. I want the story. Yeah. I, the, the blood stuff, not for me. The torture, yeah, make me, not for make me. Make me anxious. Yeah. You know what I want? Anxiety. <laughs> and I put that on the record, so here it comes. 
but you know what I mean. I do. I want to feel anxious in my shows. Yeah. I don't want to feel just sad all the time. Yeah, I don't want to feel sad and ached. Oh, so is it going to get better, guys? It's gotta, right? Everybody loves it. It's gonna get better. We can do this. We are almost halfway through, so. Wow. (laughs) Okay, that's pretty good. Maybe we'll start doing four episodes at a time again, just for this show, just to rip it like a (laughs) band-aid. I thought about it, too. I was like, and then we could do so many more dramas, and then I was like... Oh, but can you imagine watching four hours of this in no. one day? Because you know no. that that's how my stupid procrastinating brain would play it. That's how I would do it, too. And it's, <laughs> it's a nightmare. <laughs> so I will say the, the cliffhangers do get me good. Well, I'm like, oh, I do want to press play. Yeah, I do. I did want to watch the first part of the next episode, and I didn't. But there was a part of me where it was like, all right, well, last time they did the gunshot, but we found out it wasn't him. So can I believe him? Are they going to fool me twice? No. No way. He definitely did a murder. Yeah, he had to. He had to. He had to. Not turning back now. We're in it now, boys. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. Any final thoughts? Um... I think I've got everything. I put everything out there. All our cards are on the table, guys. It's it's your move next. We will <laughs> we will see you next week. But in the meantime, give us some words of encouragement at playonkpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, or uh, you can uh, find us on, I'll just do Patreon, patreon.com slash playonk, where we do a little pre-show ramble. It's a lot less dark, usually, than... <laughs> And us talking about this show. And yeah, we, we've we got some some stuff up there, so to- go check it totally out. You can find us on social media. On Instagram, we are at Play on K Podcast. We're on Twitter at Play on K. And we're on TikTok at Play on K underscore Emily. Yeah, we also have our website, playonk.com, where you can find our links to our affiliates, sign up for our newsletters, and... Uh, yeah, find that link to our Patreon. There's there's just some stuff up there. Go check that totally out as well. Yeah. Last but not least, if you've listened this long, that means you are already supporting the show. If you want to go one extra step, you can like and subscribe. I don't know. Rate and review. That's what podcasts do. You can rate <laughs> and review wherever you listen, but it especially counts on Apple Podcasts that will help us get the show out to anybody who might be interested. Yeah, and I think that is just about everything from us. So we will see you guys next week for the next two episodes of Worst of Evil. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Bye, 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 bye.